0: Welcome to Your Strata Property, the podcast for property owners looking for reliable, accurate, and bite sized information from an experienced and authoritative source. Hello and welcome. I'm Amanda Farmer, and I have with me today Rena Van Elsk from Strata Central. Hi, Rena. Happy New Year, Amanda. Happy New Year. This is our first chat for 2022. Have you had a little bit of a break? Yeah, it's been good. We actually had nearly three weeks off, which
1: is always quite nice to have it at this time of the year. Um, Even though one of our conversations we're going to talk about today, Amanda, is communications. um, Nevertheless, it's still actually good to have a formal break where people know that you are strictly not available.
0: (laughs) Strictly not available. No excuses. (laughs) I know at the end of last year, I was saying that I wasn't taking on any new work and certainly no new clients until February this year. And I have mm, I have stuck to that, I think. Yeah, oh, no, it's going to call good. me out on that. <laughs> There's enough to wrap up at the end of the year, that's for sure, with promises that have already been made and work to be finished. But another big year ahead of us, full of wins and challenges, I'm sure. Do you have a challenge to share with me today, Rena?
1: Yeah, well, I think, Amanda, one of the challenges that our society is facing, as well as strata managers and and owners, is um, the impact of COVID in buildings. And what we're finding now, even before we came back from leave, is that some of our buildings um, where one building manager might have had COVID, then the rest of the team had to then go into isolation. We've had contractors that have been unable to come on site because, again, they've been in isolation or they've actually had COVID. And the other thing that some of our buildings have had challenges with is mask wearing in buildings. And I think that a lot of my strata schemes are saying that they're finding it hard to enforce the the mask wearing in buildings, Mm. which I think wasn't really much the case when we had the previous Delta variant. But I think now because of this sort of new way of thinking in a sense that we have to live with COVID, I think now we're finding it's harder to enforce rules and it's becoming much more of a challenge um, for our strata committees
0: and building managers. Mm. And I think going through a couple of weeks here in New South Wales where masks were off and then having them go back on, I too have noticed that having them back on, particularly on the common property, which is indeed the law here in New South Wales, there hasn't been the take up that or the compliance that there was when that was the previous order. And I do see emails from building managers, buildings that I'm involved in, I get emails from building managers saying, just a reminder, everybody, mask wearing on the common property, And yes, it must be very difficult as it is for so many businesses at the moment, short-staffed because of staff in isolation or with COVID. I imagine strata management offices are facing that as well, particularly large offices with many strata managers and assistants being down and out for the time being. Yeah, well, I mean, we had that happen before Christmas, Amanda, where we had one of our team members
1: who'd gone to a 21st birthday party and even though she didn't get it, she was in close contact and then her mother and sister ended up getting it. So she had to be off so and work from home. So, yeah, I think it, it has played havoc on strata businesses, you know, large or small, I think, because it depends on, you know, the teams that you're in and who does mm. what and and people
0: being away or being unwell. So So perhaps urging our listeners who may be committee members, owners, residents to be a little sensitive to that and maybe their strata management officers are under considerable pressure at this point in time and being mindful that everybody is doing the best they can in a difficult situation. Exactly, Amanda. Well, having come off the... New Year, Christmas, holiday, festive season, I wanted to talk today about the challenge of communication overwhelm and it might seem like this is a period where people should be resting on holidays, perhaps not on email or making reports about things that are happening in their building, but my experience both as a Strata lawyer and as a committee member and an apartment resident myself is that this holiday period can often be the busiest time because people are at home. People are having parties at home, especially now when travel is limited. There is alcohol involved in some people's celebrations. There is happiness and festivities. And as a committee member, I receive messages quite often about what might be going on in a couple of the buildings I'm involved in, I get messages by SMS, I get messages by WhatsApp, I get email messages and when I get to the second week or so of January, I recognise that I'm suffering from communication overwhelm and I am sure that I'm not the only one who experiences this around this time of the year and I wanted to workshop a little today about how I'm dealing with that and maybe Rina, if you'd like to share, if you're experiencing any communication overwhelm, how you might be dealing with that. It is something that I have spoken about before in past episodes about communication protocols and even communication bylaws and how we might deal with difficult residents communicating in unacceptable ways. But today I'm talking more about the level of communication we receive and the different methods by which we receive it. Now, what I do tell my fellow committee members is that I prefer all communications to come via email and I like our strata manager to be copied in to those email communications when, of course, the subject is about what's going on in the building. That helps with our record keeping and it makes sure that we can easily instruct the strata manager to send a letter or take some action or indeed put the issue on the agenda of our next committee meeting. I think WhatsApp groups in communities are great and it's something that I do support for issues that may be urgent, uh, photos that perhaps have been taken about things that are happening around the building and need to be dealt with quickly or even just a social support or a social group for communities, for people who may be isolating or not otherwise having contact with others to feel connected or to ask for help if they need to. And SMS is a way that I often communicate with my clients in my legal practice. So I understand the benefits of that as well. But I did find myself last week telling a resident in a building who was giving me regular updates via SMS that I needed to apologize in advance that I was not going to be responsive on SMS or on WhatsApp. And if they did require a response, then please send me an email and I will always be responsive on email. And I said that was simply because I was overwhelmed with the level of communication. And I was glad that I raised that because the resident said to me, Amanda, I don't expect you to respond to SMS. I'm just letting you know so that you're informed. And that took a weight off my shoulders to know that that resident didn't expect a response to every SMS or every WhatsApp message, but was just keeping me informed so that I knew what was going on in a building where I wasn't present. Rena, communication overwhelm for you at this time of the year? Yeah, I think um, Strata
1: Managers, I think we're in a different situation because I think people expect us in a sense to be available even during the break and I had one particular message where someone sent me a text saying, you know, Happy New Year and someone had attached a hose reel to the outside of their apartment, they're on the ground floor and Was I aware of this? Was there an application? And I hope that this hasn't intruded in your whole land. I'm thinking, well, this is not urgent, as you could imagine. I also got an email about it. So I think sometimes people think, well, even though, you know, you're closed, they still think that they've got the right to tell you things that aren't particularly urgent. And I think Mm. SMSs are a, a way where people do trying to get your attention more quickly than perhaps with an email because with emails, you, know, you don't get the sound. You know, emails, usually people respond, if, especially if it's a professional capacity, you're responding in a certain time frame being business hours usually, although for strata managers, business hours are much longer than most other professionals. But whereas with an SMS, because you get the, the noise notification, you tend to look at it, sometimes people will know that you've opened it because it will say red on a message. Mm. And to refer back to your example, Amanda, that even though she said that she don't expect you to respond, but in a sense, it wasn't just saying for your information, because perhaps mm. if you'd seen it written that way, you may not have felt that you had to respond in the way that you did. Mm. But then, then I suppose in a sense, her behavior had been called out where, you know, obviously it was becoming more than just the occasional text message. And I actually got a message over the break. I spoke to one of my committee members and he said to me that, you know, people want to tell him, you know, every five minutes who's doing what and he doesn't Mm -hmm. really care. He doesn't care about that. But he's on the committee, as you said, and people think that they, as a committee member, you need to be told or as a strata manager, you need to be told. And there are certain things that you really can't deal with until you're back in the office anyway. And I think because of the mediums that we have available, Amanda, and because of our phones being accessible at any time when we're you know at home or when we're travelling people do feel that, that they can communicate with you by these mediums and they do really expect you to respond otherwise they'd, they'd send you an email knowing that you're not available and you'll see when you come back from leave so yeah i think i think managers are finding now even during this current break and the last break that we had with covid that yeah people aren't away and that there is a high level of expectation of being available and being involved, even where things aren't necessarily that urgent. When we were on our break, someone rang before our office had opened and, you know, we opened on Wednesday rather than a Monday and they were saying, oh, you know, they're upset that we're still closed. It's like, oh. well,
0: you know, that <laughs> was a message. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. And this is the thing, it's true that we can't control the way people contact us necessarily. So I I want to have my mobile number published. I want to be part of a building's WhatsApp group. I want to give my personal email address to my fellow committee members and my business email address to my clients. You really could block people or you could not give out your mobile number, fair enough. But as you say, Rena, from time to time, that is the best way to contact in an urgent situation. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important that people have those means. But what you can do, you can have some level of control. And this is what I um, hoped that I demonstrated the other day by telling the other person, in these circumstances, I will be responsive. In other circumstances, you're welcome to send me all the messages you like, but please don't feel ignored or upset if I don't respond. It is not because I don't want to respond or I don't care because I know I'm very concerned as a committee member, particularly if I'm not resident in the building. I'm very concerned to make sure other residents and committee members know that I do care, that I am interested, that I am invested in what's going on in the building. But I cannot, when I'm receiving hundreds on a working day of messages per day from different means, respond either at all or immediately. But definitely the way I work is that email is primary. And if it is in my inbox, then it is on the list to be responded to and will always be responded to. So communicating that to your clients, to your colleagues, to your neighbours, to your fellow committee members, this is the best way to contact me. Yes, I'll get those other messages, but please, if I don't respond, it is not because I'm ignoring you. It is just because I am overwhelmed then you may have that person come back and say, it's okay, I get it, not a problem. And immediately you've got some relief there. But I think you need to have that conversation.
1: It's a great idea, Amanda. I think it's important that we all sort of establish boundaries when it comes to that sort of communication.
0: So perhaps a 2022 New Year... Procedure or protocol for those out there who are struggling with communication overwhelm already, <laughs> already in this year, putting in place those systems, those boundaries and communicating those to the people who need to know about them is a good idea. Have you already got a win for me this year, Rena? Yeah, well, I mean, this actually started last year. man. I mean, I think that you're alluding
1: to earlier not taking on many new clients and trying to catch up with what you were doing in terms of your um, client workload and getting work done. And so what I decided to do last year was to resign from three buildings. It's quite a great feeling. I mean, I think a lot of people (laughs) in Strata don't like to resign from buildings because I know that, especially with a lot of managers, there's a lot of pressure to meet targets and and manage a number of buildings and dollar values, you know, as part of any professional organisation. But I think sometimes when the relationship's not working or in a sense managing that strata scheme can actually endanger your company um, when you're being asked to do things that you know aren't correct and that, you know, eventually will cause an issue. There's no need and it's just a great feeling. I think it's resigning. Mm. is just just
0: love it. I I imagine this could well be a feeling on both sides. If the relationship is not working, then it's important that both parties move on. And I assume under your agency agreement, Rena, as is the standard agency agreement issued by SCA and REI, there is a a provision for mutual termination. So is that how it works with your clients where you say you resign? It's actually an agreement
1: between the two of you? I mean, this particular building we resigned from, well, there was no conflict. Do you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, everything was going on fine, you know, do this, do that. But then, when the do this became an issue that I felt was not in the interest of our company, and I just don't feel comfortable doing that, then, yeah, I just said, you know, it's been a number of years now, I've been your manager. I think, you know, and it was, yeah, it was harmonious and, so it's not always acrimonious and also I don't leave my clients in the lurch like I give them time to find another manager and we keep working as if we're not leaving them because at the, end of the day to me how you are engaged and how you start up a relationship is just as important as how you leave a relationship and mm. to me when you resign it's always best to, to do things, you know, on, end on a good note mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, and so we give people time. Like one particular one, I, it was November and I said, January and they said, oh, can we do it at the end of March? And I said, okay, so because they're AGMs, mm. you know, it's fine. So
0: Yeah, especially if you're otherwise looking at what may have been a three-year, up to a three-year agreement, which are our maximum terms in New South Wales, a resignation that might be coming in the first year can be a – surprise for an owner's corporation and they need time to have a look at other options for partnerships they might want to make for the next three years. But definitely, if you have a client, really may not matter what profession you're in, we certainly do this as lawyers, a client who does not follow your advice or mm. who gives you an instruction to carry out an act which is illegal or which you cannot carry out under your powers, under your contract, your agency agreement, or under the legislation, then it is very important to be telling that client that you cannot do that, you will not do that, and if you continue to be instructed to act that way, then you have no choice but yeah. to resign. Um, indeed, I've been in that position before as a lawyer where my advice hasn't been taken, or I've been instructed to do something that I have just drawn a line and said I will not do that I will not send that letter I will not put my name on that piece of correspondence and it is best both for me and for the client that they go and find another lawyer another professional to represent them
1: yeah I think it works out in the best of manner I think you know you leave both on a good note you know and then you give them time to find someone new and then yeah and it
0: just to me works out well for both sides well, there you go. I hope you don't get inundated now, Rena, with uh, requests for fee proposals. Now <laughs> that our listeners know that your books are a little clearer the, the beginning of 2022. I know you've got a bit of a wait know. list there anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. The win that I am sharing this week is a new service, a new service not offered by me, offered by an organisation that I am part of and very – proud to be part of, the Australian College of Strata Lawyers. Now, many long-time listeners would have heard me mention the college on a few occasions. I am a council member with the college and this is a membership organisation for lawyers across Australia and New Zealand with specialist expertise in strata and community titles law. And for some time now, we have been working on putting together a Directory of our members with particular reference to their areas of expertise. So, while all Strata lawyers are expert in Strata law, some of us have more experience in particular areas than others. Some of us work with developers and are focused on structuring and planning. Some of our Queensland members are experienced with management rights and management rights agreements. Some of us are very good at drafting bylaws, contracts. A few of us focus on levy collection and debt recovery. There are some brave lawyers out there who act in building defects, litigation, others that might specialise in the tribunal and litigation, you can now find out through the Australian College of Strata Lawyers website where every member's level of expertise lies by searching the new online directory. So if you're looking for a Strata lawyer right across Australia and New Zealand, you can do so over at acsl.net.au. That is the homepage for the college and you will see there a button to search the member directory by area of expertise. That's great, Amanda. I think that's probably
1: going to be a good service for Australia managers that perhaps don't know what lawyers do want. I think many strata managers do work with a sort of set of lawyers in terms of certain types of yes. matters, but I think if you're wanting something outside of that and you're not sure, you don't want to ask the lawyer
0: themselves. Do you know, it's another lawyer that can, does this type of work? <laughs> Do you know what? You laugh and it might seem strange that I would be spruiking a referral service for strata lawyers when I am a strata lawyer, but I refer people to other strata lawyers all the time. Granted, I am a solo practitioner. I'm a small firm. I can only take on so much and I don't take on a lot, as I was saying earlier, but I find it necessary regularly to refer owners, owners, corporations, strata managers to other lawyers either because I don't have the room in my schedule, that's usually the main reason, or I don't focus on that particular area. And building defects is a good example. In my case, I do not give advice in building defects matters or run building defects litigation. I do think that is a specialised area and a legal practice needs a team set up, ready and able to do that in accordance with all of the very important timeframes. So I refer buildings to other lawyers in respect to building defects, And increasingly, we have conflicts of interest. It is Mm. surprising to me how few strata lawyers there still are right across the country. But if you are, for example, a Sydney-based strata lawyer, and there's a handful of us in Sydney doing this work – It is not uncommon that someone will come to me and say, Amanda, I'm an owner in this building. Will you act for me in respect to this particular matter? And I have to say, no, I can't because I've acted for your building in the past and I hold information that places me in a position of conflict when it comes to acting for you. So I can't act for you, but please try the following three, four, five people who may not have a conflict. And definitely I receive uh, referrals from my colleagues as well on that basis so a great resource if you haven't been able to be pointed to somebody else you can go to that website and find another member of the australian college of strata lawyers knowing that they have been vetted by the college we only accept experienced lawyers particularly when we're talking about fellows of the college knowing that the majority of their practice is in strata and community titles law is really important so when you say Amanda
1: Vetter, like that's the criteria is that you just had to demonstrate that you actually practice in this area, but not your competence or.
0: Yes, that is definitely one of the criteria that the majority of your practice is in this particular area of the law, especially if you're applying to be a fellow. But definitely you do have to demonstrate the work that you've done, the cases that you've been involved in, the type of advice that you've been giving, what's your position in the firm. We have different levels of membership from an associate level membership to, as I've said, a, a fellow of the college, which is the higher level of membership. And membership is by application to the council and the council does turn prospective members down from time to time because they don't meet the requirements which are set out in our constitution. So quite an esteemed college, let's say.
1: Well, that's good to know, Amanda, because I think um, I had this problem last year where one of the um, clients that we took over had a strata manager and there was a big problem with their accounting, even though the accounts had been audited by a very prominent strata accounting firm, there were major issues. And we're talking about a BMC with an umbrella, so it's quite complex. It wasn't your sort of run-of-the-mill basic strata accounting. Anyway, and so the lawyer that was acting for the ans Corporation was asked by the BMC members to act for them against this strata managing agent. And even though there was no legal conflict as such as what you're referring to, where you've acted before for one side and therefore you've got information that obviously would prejudice your new client. In this case, the lawyers said that they couldn't act for the Anderson Corporation against a Strata managing agent and I believe Um, the reason for that was because they actually get a lot of work from that agent and therefore mm. they did not want to. And We actually were struggling to actually find lawyers in Strata that would actually because they're they're quite a big firm and I think they'd probably get a lot of work from various managers um, in that company. So perhaps that might sort of work for knowing that there's a database out there where, you know, because you don't want to go to a firm like a different type of firm where they have no connection with Strata because perhaps oh, yeah. they wouldn't understand the...
0: Mm. This situation you've just mentioned there, arena of lawyers saying that they have a conflict of interest because they will not act against a Strata management company. There's a whole podcast episode on that one. That is definitely something that I have come across in our space and it is something that concerns me greatly, especially when the conflict is not a legal conflict but a commercial conflict. You've mentioned there that you think maybe this firm gets a lot of work referred to them Mm -hmm. by this particular strata management company. Yes, that does happen, that there are those referral sources, but that does not mean you have a conflict of interest in acting against that strata management company. You may have a conflict if you have represented that agency. That would be different where you've acted for them directly in some kind of a dispute and then to act For a building that was also involved in that dispute could present a conflict, but it would be a rare case indeed where you had an actual conflict in acting against a strata management company. But I too hear from buildings from owners who come to me looking for representation who – they have been turned down by other lawyers – for that reason or seemingly for that reason and I have to say that's um, one of the big benefits that I have experienced the last few years in that I don't get a lot of work directly from a strata management company or strata management companies most of my work comes directly from owners from committee members who are finding me online or tuning into the podcast and I just don't have the concern and I don't even think it's a real concern a legitimate concern definitely not a legitimate concern, I don't think, that my pipeline of work will suddenly dry up if I happen to give advice or representation that is adverse to a particular strata management company's interests. I think that is very concerning that that's happening in our space.
1: Yeah, well, I think that having this referral service that you're you're talking about, Amanda, I think now is probably a very good tool for any potential clients of ours that do have issues with their previous managing agent or any client that comes to us for consulting work, we can always refer them to that list of people that could potentially act for them in the future if they have a problem where the owner's corporation's lawyer or, or another lawyer won't act for them because of the fact that they have an issue, is it a commercial conflict with, the, hmm. with them as opposed to a legal conflict.
0: Yeah. So the list is over at acsl.net.au. I will put that link in the show notes for this episode, number 296. Almost up to episode 300, Rena. Exciting times ahead.
1: (laughs) Exactly.
0: (laughs) I will look forward to chatting to you again soon. Enjoy the rest of your week in Strata. You too, Amanda. Happy New Year again. You too. Bye. Bye